Good morning and welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor and I have the great privilege of serving as your senior minister and it's so wonderful to be out of quarantine prison and here with these wonderful musicians and with my colleagues and to be back in person. Um, I was I had traveled to Texas to see family and uh, our policy for our staff is that once you return, if you leave your bubble, once you return that you uh, stay quarantined for two weeks. And so I've been pre-recording sermons for the last two weeks. So it's wonderful to be back in person on a Sunday morning and uh, to be with everyone. And we are grateful to have you with us, no matter if you are watching via Facebook Live, live stream, or if you download our podcast, we are grateful for all of the ways that we are able to worship together as God's people. I want to let you know about a few wonderful uh, ministry opportunities that are happening this week. The first is that our Green Justice team will be hosting two virtual movie screenings and discussions of the PBS documentary Climate Change, The Facts. It will be the same movie and the same discussion topics, obviously different discussions because we anticipate different people. The first uh, screening will be this Thursday at 7 p.m. and then there will be another one on Friday morning at 10 a.m. There will be Zoom links in the e-blast and there already have been so you just simply follow those Zoom links for the one that you want to uh, be a part of and we look forward to screening that and then staying on for those discussions and so I'm grateful to the Green Justice team for their work and for keeping these important conversations uh, in front of us. It is the tradition of this great church that we receive a Thanksgiving offering. And this year, uh, that offering will be going to benefit the Harry Chapin Food Bank's uh, Senior Care and Share Program. Um, And it aims to specifically uh, help and support uh, seniors in our community who might not otherwise have the, uh, the basics, the essentials uh, that they need. It's not only for Thanksgiving, but it really is a year-round uh, project. And so we're really grateful for the work that Harry Chapin does. So I want to let you know about the ways that you can participate in this offering, because this is an important offering that we receive each year. If you use the uh, church envelopes, there is a designated envelope in that uh, box, and it says Thanksgiving offering. So feel free to use that uh, envelope, and you can drop it by the church there uh, during our normal business hours of 8 a.m. to 4.30, Monday to Friday. There's always a member of our administrative team here. They can receive that from you. You can um, put that smaller envelope in a larger envelope and mail it to us. You can, of course, call the church office and give us uh, your credit card number, and we'll be happy to charge that to your credit card. Uh, Or you can simply drop a check in the mail to us and just put Thanksgiving in the memo line, and we will know to uh, put that toward the uh, special Thanksgiving offering. I want to thank you in advance for your generosity because, again, you are always so generous with that offering. And so I want to want you to know that we continue in that strong tradition despite um, the circumstances around the pandemic. 
That's all I have for us at this time. And so as a mission-driven congregation, let us center our hearts and our minds on this beautiful Florida morning as we begin worship. Thank you for that beautiful, beautiful music. Let's join together now in prayer. Lord of all life this morning, as we listen to the music surrounding us and pause for these moments to take in a deep breath, we find that we have entered your presence, capturing a tiny measure of your serenity amidst life's many storms. We're acutely aware of the countless people who are living in fear all over our world today. We admit that hearing your voice becomes muffled in the face of tension and unrest, but we also turn to you in humble awareness of how much each of us needs your presence. We surrender ourselves to you hoping for one moment of heightened listening to make space for connection with you and direction for the days ahead. In this season, we enter your presence seeking strength to trust that you are at work planting glimpses of your realm here on earth, one small seed at a time. Help us to remember that faith is much more powerful than fear and that risk may open the pathway to new beginnings. In our own lives, work through and mend the relationships that need healing. In the face of angry criticism, teach us to pause, to offer the sacred art of listening to assume the best of one another as we pray that your grace might heal the brokenness. In honest prayer, help us to surrender our limitations to you, knowing that your power is made perfect in weakness and that your grace is more than we could ever need to begin again. O Lord, who offers each human being full life, we lift up all those who are living on the margins, feeling like outsiders looking in. We pray for those living in food deserts, working tirelessly to provide for their families while juggling health and family responsibilities. We pray for those caring for ailing loved ones, who feel isolated and alone. We come desiring your wisdom for decisions at important life's crossroads that may dictate our futures both personally and communally. We ask you for healing for the ones who master grief and pain, but who long to be seen for the needs that they hide. We offer you all the myriad of prayers that emanate from the deepest places within us in a moment of silence.
O God of the journey, it is your grace and enduring compassion that lifts us up, empowers us to be the change makers that our world so needs, grants peace to our souls, and transforms all of life with hope. As we trust all of our lives into your care, you teach us how to love more deeply as you lead us on the path of discipleship with Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before I begin this morning, I want to offer deep words of gratitude to our music ministry for the beautiful music this morning. Thank you so very much. But I was struck while listening to the music about the gift that I have among others on our staff to be in the room to hear that in person. And what I want you to know is that we are working over time and literally sometimes through the night to both upgrade the technology that is in place to ensure the absolute best experience when you watch and experience worship online. And then, of course, our prayers are fervent for the promising news that we heard in regards to early research around a vaccine. We have a task force examining what it will take to bring our congregation back together, led by our immediate past moderator, Ann Olson. And we are doing everything that we can to give everyone the opportunity, when it is safe to do so, to be back together in this room so that we can all enjoy music in person like we have always done in the history of this great church. It is not lost on anyone, the great grief that we all feel that we are not together in person. And it is certainly not lost on me. And so I want you to know that we are working hard to address that. Let us join in prayer. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we continue in this time of worship, we ask that you would send the presence of your Holy Spirit and that you might speak either through me or in spite of me, but that above all else we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask. In your many names. Amen. In 27 BCE, Caesar Augustus became the ruler of the Roman Empire. 
petty kings came from near and far to plead for reappointment to their kingdoms. Among them was Herod, king of the Jews. He had to leave his kingdom temporarily in the hands of others while he sought continuance of his role. Those to whom he entrusted the kingdom were responsible to Herod for how they administered the kingdom in his absence. If they did poorly and he was returned to power, they stood to suffer. If they served him well, but Herod was not reinstated, they stood to suffer from Herod's enemies. The best solution was to be absolutely loyal to the side to which they were committed. And at least they would be able to do whatever they did in good conscience. Jesus told a story they may have been based on such an event. A man had to go away for a while, and he entrusted his goods to his servants. To one, he entrusted five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent. A talent was a measure of weight. And if the item measured were, for example, silver, the value of the talent might be $1,000. Now, that might not sound like a generous or significant sum to us in our time, but consider that the average worker today in India earns 55 cents an hour. $1,000 would be equal to a year of income. Similar conditions existed in Palestine when Jesus told this story. Even the man with one talent would have been considered wealthy in the estimation of his contemporaries. Interesting to note, it is from this very parable that our English word talent comes, meaning a natural gift. And I think it's appropriate for us to read that meaning into this word, as well as into other kinds of gifts that we have been given. So let us consider some of the things that this story is telling us in our modern day today. I think the first thing that this parable acknowledges is that not all humans have the same number of gifts. In the parable, the one, per, the one person is given five, another two, and another one. And some person's gifts are intensified because they receive them all in one field. Surely Shakespeare must have received five in literature, Michelangelo five in art, Edison five in inventive abilities. 
Norman Cousins in his assessment of Albert Schweitzer said that when Schweitzer decided to go to Africa, he knew well enough that thousands of doctors could not adequately meet the needs of Africa, but the fact that he could not do everything never stopped him from doing something. No one person could be the total answer, but one person could be a part of the answer. Our gifts differ not only in number, but in kind. One person may have wealth. Someone once told me that anyone can become a millionaire if they keep clean, rise early, work hard, and have a rich aunt who dies and leaves them a million dollars. It's the last part that seems to be the most difficult. And yet, there are plenty of people who become millionaires without it. Regardless of how wealth is acquired, the question of this parable is, how are you using what you have been given? Some have the gift of time. In my congregation in Houston, there was a group of retired men who gathered at the church every Monday morning. And they provided services that kept the rather large campus in working order. Now, be clear, they were not trained in any way, shape, or form in carpentry or plumbing or any of the tasks that they did. And I'm not really sure if they gathered more for the gossip and donuts or to help, but the things that they did brought joy to everyone who was there on Mondays, and it must have saved the church thousands of dollars each year. It reminds me of the countless people here at Naples United Church of Christ who volunteer to teach English classes at Grace Place or mentor students through the Immokalee Foundation or Champions for Learning while others in the congregation build habitat houses and distribute food at Harry Chapin Food Bank or St. Matt's House. And that doesn't even begin to take into account your board service and generosity to so many organizations, colleges, and universities. I literally cannot begin to fathom the impact that this congregation makes each and every day in our community and nationwide. Our gifts are not the same, but to focus on the differences only smothers initiative. The final reckoning in our scripture reading today is not based on how much each person started with, but on what they did with what they had been given. Our responsibility is proportionate to our gifts. All of us have received something, so we should 
do something with what we have been given. Another lesson that it appears that this parable is encouraging us is to be risk takers. The person in the story who received one talent to invest hid it, made nothing of it, returned it all to his master, and he was condemned for doing so. And that may seem rather harsh to us. After all, he didn't squander the money. He didn't abscond with it. He didn't spend it on himself. He didn't use it to hurt others. He was just being cautious and prudent and protective. If the truth were known, he was probably just plain scared. He could not cope with the possibility of losing it, so he took no chances and wound up gaining nothing. The implication of this parable is that it's better to try at a venture and fail than to play it safe and show no improvement of the gift that you have been given. Early in his career, Ernest Borgnine was working with Spencer Tracy on a film entitled Bad Day at Black Rock. When he was offered the chance to play the lead in a small black and white film written by an unknown television writer named Patty Chayefsky. Borgnine, frustrated with always being cast to play heavies, told Tracy that he was leaving for New York to do the part. Years later, Borgnine recounted on a television show that Spencer Tracy thought that this was a huge mistake and that Borgnine should be content to making a good living as a character actor. You're going to make a little black and white film, he lectured Borgnine. No one's ever going to hear of it. You're going to think you're a star, but you're not going to be a star. Spence, Borgnine told him, if I don't try it now, I'll never know. Borgnine went on to make the film Marty and was nominated for an Academy Award alongside Tracy. As Borgnine went to collect his Oscar, he passed Spencer Tracy who leaned over and said to him, you never listen, do you? The theologian Reinhold Niebuhr tells a parable about our parable today. It is the story of a young man who left his home in Kansas to be a sailor on a tall-masted sailing ship. On the third day out to sea, the new sailor was commanded to take the watch in the crow's nest, high up the mast. After climbing about halfway up the mast, he stopped. He was frozen in fear, not able to finish climbing up, and too proud to slink back down and admit in front of the seasoned sailor 
that he was afraid of heights. So he simply clutched at the mast and did nothing with the responsibility he had been given. In the story Jesus told, the servant who was given the stuff of life and told to invest it, to risk it for the sake of his master, could not bring himself to do anything. He froze. He only clutched the talent, never giving it or himself a chance. A guest preacher in a rural church arrived at the little church early and went into the narthex where he noticed a, a box affixed to the wall. He thought that it was one of those boxes to receive the offerings for the poor, so he put in a dollar before the service started. At the close of the service where he preached, the host pastor took him out to the narthex and explained to him that the church was so small and so poor that they didn't have money to pay the guest preachers. So they put that box on the wall for people to make contributions. As the host pastor opened the box, he said, you've done better than most. There's a dollar in there today. The preacher went home and at dinner that night, he told the story to his family. One of his children said, gee, daddy, if you had put more in, you would have gotten more out. That's what it comes down to for each and every one of us. And perhaps that is the gospel, the good news from our scripture this morning. When presented with opportunities and challenges, when presented with the gifts from God, if we put more in, we will get more out. <laughs>